The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. And you know, I said this last week and I really mean it. You've already awakened. Now it's just putting on that light. Anyway, I'm Tom Schumacher. <laughs> and I'm Terry Kennedy. And once again, we are joined today by Reverend David Dry. Great to be with you guys again. So today it's a relatively light topic, the second coming. Oh, I see shutters across the room here. <laughs> Drum roll. You know, the, the second coming of the Christ, this is not a concept that's exclusive to the West. There are cultures, religions, and spiritual disciplines all around the world that celebrate a second coming of one sort or another. So this is not solely our province. But what does the second coming really mean? Is there something supposed to happen, or has it perhaps already happened? Which is the question we will hopefully answer thoroughly today. Um, We're focusing on the second coming of the Christ and for our particular understanding of the Ascended Master's teachings as they pertain to this this concept. So what do we know? Uh, Reverend David Dry, who is the Christ and what are we waiting for? (laughs) Well, this great mystery that the Ascended Masters have focused their entire mystery school and teachings around is the understanding that what Jesus became, we can become also. That universal Christ. And Jesus talks about this in the Bible, although it's greatly misunderstood. Unfortunately, today we'll be able to share with you the master's perspective about what he really meant and what was his intent. And so really for us, you know, it's the understanding of what do we need to do in this life using the tools the brotherhood's given us that we too can also become that Christ. And so the second coming is Christ within you. And so that light that Jesus had, the light that he reflected, you know, the greater works shall we do because we also go to, because he goes to his father and because we actually follow this path, you know, demonstrating these principles. And so this is, you know, our hope today that you are able to grasp this and get a sense of this because it's been lost for 2,000 years and without the coming of the brotherhood, we would not have this mystery. Well, let's go back a moment to what you said at the beginning. This is Jesus' true mission to let us know that he was the rule, not the exception. And that the second coming is something that we prepare ourselves for. It doesn't simply happen without our preparation, without an understanding of what this really means, and raising our consciousness to the level that we have to be at in order to perceive the consciousness of the Christ. Also, this is something we say very often within the teachings, to be the Christ and see the Christ. Well, the masters talk about your own holy Christ self. It's something that, you know, is is ingrained in who we are in this understanding. I think everyone has to come to that place where, you know, first of all, you believe it's possible within you. And I think that's a great test of faith. Exactly. And this is this is what Jesus was faced with. And we'll hear some more about this today where, you know, he realized that it wouldn't be very long before his teachings would be distorted, that the true understanding of this would be lost. You know, obviously you read about the rejection from the from the spiritual leadership of the time and from many of the, you know, of the masses. But he also wanted to be certain that the example that he gave and why he did this would not be lost. And so for us, it's merely just to understand, you know, what was contained in, in the Bible, you know, and what's contained in the teachings that the Brotherhood's released for us to take this and internalize it and use it. Well, you wonder why the distortions might have occurred. Um, you know, to recognize the Christ in each person, in ourselves, in our hearts, gives us a great deal of independence and certain spiritual power. Uh, 
that if we're not given this belief, instead we're off, offered something else, which is rather tawdry, which is original sin, <laughs> among other things. You, you know, was it to control the people? Well, I think this is the hard. This is the hard message. You know, why why were these teachings lost? And I think when you think about the structure of church today, it really is about, you know, the church being the father figure and making the decisions and so forth. And and they also turned this into a worship an idol type of a thing where they made Jesus this unique individual. And so instead of you becoming a co-creator with God, instead of you following in his footsteps, you know, people idolize him and worship him thinking that somehow that's going to give them the keys. And so there's, there's great teaching and understanding about how these individuals, you know, these souls, which Jesus talked about, you know, the ones that were the white sepulchers, but full of dead men's bones. (laughs) The reason that he talked about that is because their individual rebellion against God was manifest in their rebellion and their rejection of, of the light of Christ within him. Yeah. And so they created essentially a religion to satisfy their own needs. So they're really, in the end, they would believe, or the masses would believe that by simply you believing on a name, that God now is required, mm-hmm. required to give you the kingdom of heaven, required to do these things. And the master's teachings tell us that, no, God's not required to forgive anyone or to heal anyone. It really becomes, you know, an effort of someone's free will, their devotion, the purity of heart. Now, this is not to say there are not many, many people today, you know, that are following a path like this that really are reflecting the light of Christ because of their life and what they're doing and do do have the Holy Spirit. But the true understanding and the nature of this is something that's so critical going into Aquarius. Well, you know, I want to make it clear, too, that we have no wish <clears throat> to denigrate anyone's belief in Jesus in the way that they have chosen to believe in Jesus. We have noticed in our own lives, I'm sure we all have stories where presenting this uh, this idea that Jesus was not the only son of God in the sense of the personal Christ, the kind of vehemence that we have been faced with in response to that is quite remarkable. It can be virulent. It can be basically <laughs> physically threatening at times. Well, Tom, look at the religious wars that have taken place. And, and, that's, and, and they weren't all that different in terms of the, the- theological approach. So people are very passionate about this. They're very, and I think along with some of the theos- the theology that we see, you know, that we're going to be talking about <clears throat> that is opposed to the universal Christ is also this great fear that what they believe and what what you feel is the right thing is not. Yeah. And so every soul has to come to that point of really understanding what is the true nature of God, what is the true nature of Christ in you, what is the true nature of the light, and then make the decision yeah. to recognize it or not. And this is the key thing that we'll, we'll hear today. Well, one of the things that we recognize is that when you limit your consciousness, there's a great saying, I don't remember who said it, this might have been one of the Werner Earhart uh, axioms, was argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the limitations that people argue for is the limitation of their spiritual identity. I mean, at the very core, they will argue against their own liberation. Well, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I think what we've seen, I think what we've seen over the years is that when people hear this message, two, one of two things happen. Either they react to it in a very, you know, opposing way, or part of them, part of what's in them that recognizes the light response to that. They get so, it. They get it. So there's those two things. And I think this is the great, this is the great, you know, understanding of, you know, if you recognize the light and can see the light and, and, and believe it or not, souls know at a very deep, profound level, you know, where they are in truth with their God, um, you know, some will respond and some won't. Yeah. I, I just, um, I'm, I'm thinking about the chart of the presence, which we have in our, in our organization. And, 
um, this Christ resides at the at the nexus of a figure eight flow. So you've got the God, which we all have God in us at the top, and we've got the I us, am presence. the I am presence, and mm-hmm. you've got us evolving at the bottom. But you have this Holy Christ self in the middle at the nexus that is the filter through which all has to go. And if it's not any good, it comes back to us. And that's that's what karma is all about. And if it's not this life, it's the next or who, who, who knows. <laughs> and and if it's good, it, it can go through that Holy Christ self and be deposited in the causal body, what we call the causal body or the, the treasures in heaven. And it's very simple. But you have to be exposed to it to understand its simplicity. And that's the beauty of this activity. It's teaching it's teaching that. Well, exposure, and I would say, too, probably choosing. I don't think this happens accidentally. I think you have to be willing to make that choice, to come up higher, to embrace that level of spirituality that you may not have right now, but you know it's possible. Yeah. That you recognize your potential to become, in effect, your inner divinity. We say this all the time, awaken to the light within. We're talking about the Christ light. I mean, what if a, the light of God. What if a student that goes through 12 years of, of schooling does not doesn't have graduation as <laughs> as the great uh, goal sure. you know making the ascension is the graduation the great goal that we that we aspire to what if you didn't have that when you were a student in school and you and you had no idea you know what's 10th grade all about anyway you know what's what's going to happen <laughs> after this yeah yada 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 well we, you know we have lamented many times that education spiritual education religious education does not often include these kinds of topics we're talking about the idea of the I am presence, right. co-creators with God, Christ self, any of that, it's left out partly because it's just not part of the orthodoxy that we've been, you know, for this taking 2,000 years to develop. We have to remember that it wasn't until really the late 1800s that the Brotherhood really began to bring to the West, oh, yeah. you know, through theosophy, this understanding of the universal Christ in the I am presence. And so, you know, this is a relatively new thing. And I also think that, you know, we have to be conscious of the fact that you know, for thousands of years, the powers that be that oppose the light and oppose, you know, the victory of the light bearers and the, you know, the remnant of the 144,000 and the sons of God, you know, have, have gone this way with a theology that limits your ability to really understand this. And so this is the great mountain of information and mountain of understanding that has to be climbed so that the world understands this principle. Indeed. You know, before we go to break, I think one of the distinctions we should probably make is that this concept of the Christ self is not an intellectual concept. There's a place where the the Christ consciousness enters our our experience, and that is through the heart. In fact, through the secret chamber in the heart. But uh, I was reading one of the Pearls of Wisdom the other day where it referred to the secret chamber of the heart as this basilica, this cathedral within, that there's no time or space in that regard, but rather this is a place where the Christ truly resides. It's a palace. It's palatial. It's beautiful. It's, it's just a stupendous reality within us. It's hard to conceive of that because we tend to limit things by physical attributes, height, width, depth, etc. This is beyond that. <laughs> there's a great saying, man can rise no higher than his concept of God. Ooh. And so this concept really helps you understand that there are mystical sides to the great world's religions. And the the mystics that have come throughout the ages have brought this inner understanding. You know, as was mentioned early at the beginning of the show, you know, there are many mystical paths within the world's great religions that aren't limited by the doctrine and the outer theology and so forth. Indeed. Well, um, we've got a couple minutes left here, but I think we're going to leave this segment early because the next two segments are going to include 
lecture excerpts that are quite remarkable and a little bit longer than usual. So we're going to be talking more about the second coming of the Christ when we come back. So please stay with us. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face, and their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. So the question is, what is the second coming of the Christ? Well, let's find out right now. Let's listen. This morning we're going to talk about the second coming of Christ. I think it's very important to know what is recorded in Scripture about the second coming of Christ and what the Ascended Masters teach us about the second coming of Christ. If you'll write in your notebooks, I'll give you some Bible references. It's important to know what you believe, why you believe it, and the great mysteries that God has given to us within these teachings. You meet many people from day to day, many people who are asking questions and sincerely desiring answers, and you need to be able to give intelligent answers with that higher understanding. We also meet people every day who challenge our understanding of God, and we must stand firm upon the rock of Christ 
and upon the truth of Scripture and understand what its meaning is in the light of the Holy Spirit. It is written in the Bible that no one can confess that Jesus is Lord except by that Holy Spirit. This means that we cannot recognize Jesus as the Christ unless we have the Holy Spirit. This explains why many people have never yet recognized Jesus as the Christ, as the fulfillment of the only begotten Son of God, because they themselves do not have the Holy Spirit, and only God within us can confirm God within ourselves or with anyone else. And so it takes the witness of the Father, which was amply given unto the disciples, as the I Am Presence of Jesus spoke unto them and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That was in the hour of the baptism. And in the hour of the transfiguration, the voice of God was heard to say, This is my beloved Son, hear ye him. So the I Am Presence, the Father, is bearing witness of the Son, and so too the Holy Spirit bears witness of the Christ in the disciples, in Peter, in Martha, when Jesus asks if she believes that he is the Son of God. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? And she makes that affirmation, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, who should come into the world. Peter says, thou art the Christ. And so Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church. And church from the Greek, the community of the called out ones. Upon this rock of the Christ consciousness and your awareness of that Christ in me, I will establish the community of the light bearers. So this confession of who Jesus was and is today is essential. It is essential to our own salvation and it is essential to the survival of the community of the 144,000. But we see that it is not the testimony of the carnal mind. The carnal mind is enmity with God, cannot in any way conceive God, cannot confess that Jesus is Lord, and cannot therefore witness to the second coming of Christ. Those who have not perceived the first coming cannot see the second coming. I think that... Many times in the interpretation of the second coming of Christ, there is a misunderstanding. The idea that, well, once and for all we'll prove to the nations who Jesus Christ is because he will descend in this great cloud of glory and all of the nations will see him. Well, he has already come in that light and in that presence and the majority of the people denied him. Are we to expect then that merely because there is a second coming there will be a greater acclamation of the Lord God incarnate? I think we should be more realistic than this. We should realize that Bible prophecy itself confirms that even in the second coming of Christ he will be denied and defamed, ridiculed and reviled. This is because those who perform these acts of blasphemy against the Christ have not the witness within themselves. They cannot accept the Christ in Jesus because they have never accepted the Christ in themselves. And this is so important for us to understand because it is always the astonishment of the children of God. We cannot understand why people cannot see directly that God is God, that Jesus is the Son of God, that the Son of God dwells within us all. But for this very point, we find that there is the condemnation of the light evermore in the world. 
And the condemnation never comes from the Trinity within us. It comes from the carnal mind in those who have enthroned that carnal mind. If Jesus met this reception in the world, we can expect to meet the same reception. First, will you write down Luke 17, 20 through 37. When you are called upon to give an explanation of the Holy Spirit interpretation of Scripture, you must know where that Scripture is. It is not that I think your salvation hangs upon your ability to quote Scripture. It is that I know that many people consider that salvation hangs upon this interpretation of Scripture. And therefore, we must be able to enter in to the conversation where souls of light are sincerely seeking truth. It is not our desire to enter into argument. These are the words of Jesus. They are preserved unto us. They do contain the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, the consciousness of spirit, the kingdom of heaven. But those mysteries are only unlocked by the witness of the Holy Spirit within the reader. This is not private interpretation. It is the energy of the Trinity which enables us to understand the life that is locked within the letter. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. I have said on my stumping tour that Jesus has told me that the word kingdom always means consciousness. When it is the kingdom of God, it is the consciousness of God, the almighty God, the I am that I am. When it is the kingdom of heaven, the word heaven is used to contrast the word earth. And so we understand that heaven and earth are the polarity of spirit and matter, a polarity of being, not a duality. There is only one God, one life, one presence, one cosmos, one energy. It is spirit-matter interacting. That energy always moves in polarity, yet it is one flame. Now, he was mocked by the Pharisees because they always sought to understand the letter in concrete terms. And so he tried to answer them at their level, and often he would have to answer them in parable, parable given to the multitudes, or by question, or by challenge, or by rebuke. It is difficult to communicate the essence of the Holy Spirit to those who have not the Holy Spirit because they dwell in another plane of consciousness. I find that even the very explanation of the word kingdom is mocked as I give it forth. I have had interviewers who are in the press or in the media challenge me because I have declared that Jesus Christ has spoken to me and given me this understanding of Scripture. When one has to defend one's authority, as Jesus was demanded that he give an understanding, that he give to them what his authority was, by what authority he spoke, one is not able to transfer the teaching because one is still at the level of having to defend one's platform, to defend one's right to be speaking the word of God. Well, as you very well know, I am not the only one who is talking to Jesus Christ. You are talking to Jesus Christ, and millions of people have been talking to Jesus Christ since his coming. 
and the challenge, how dare you say that you have conversation with Jesus Christ, is unfounded because Jesus has been coming to the saints and the light bearers for thousands of years, but his very coming, even in the flesh, has already been challenged. The understanding then of that Palm Sunday and our service which we held here last week has to do with what Jesus faced when he came into the city in his triumph and in his victory. It is a parallel to his second coming today. We have the victorious descent into the earth plane of the ascended masters through their dictations, through their word, through their teachings, through their light emanation. This in itself, our beloved Jesus has declared, is the second coming of Christ. This is the coming of Christ into each individual heart. It is actually the fulfillment of that prophecy which was spoken by the two men robed in white in the hour of Jesus' ascension. They prophesied his second coming, and they said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up? This same Jesus, which is taken from you, shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go. In like manner as ye have seen him go. In like manner as ye have seen him go. How did they see him go? They saw him go in a cloud of white light. That cloud of white light is the same sacred fire, the same pillar of fire that went before the children of Israel. That pillar of fire by night in the dimness of their consciousness became a cloud of witness by day. In the daylight of the illumination of the Trinity within them, they saw a cloud of witness. The cloud of witness were the ascended hosts of the Lord, the ascended masters and Elohim and archangels and angelic hosts. These are the ones who went before the children of Israel. And so in the day, in the period of their illumination, the expansion of consciousness, the elevation of light in their chakras, they directly saw the ascended hosts before them. In the night, when their consciousness was lower, they were still guided by a pillar of fire. And that pillar of fire was the very energy of the I am that I am, the I am presence. The cloud then, the cloud of glory in which he descends, is the light of the I am presence. There was a moment when the 500 witnesses who tarried at Bethany's hill no longer saw Jesus because this cloud received him out of their sight. He was taken out of their sight, and so there is a point at which Jesus Christ is no longer visible at the physical spectrum. The eye cannot behold that which has entered into a higher frequency. I place before you this concept that I do not believe that every one of the 500 witnesses ceased to see him simultaneously. I believe that they saw him go into that cloud and that those who were of a denser vibration and of less attainment ceased to see him more quickly than those who had greater light. And so I believe that it was true when he was in physical embodiment that some perceived he was the Christ because of the light within themselves and some denied that he was the Christ. So it is in the coming of the great cloud of glory 
That cloud of glory is his ascended light body, is the I am presence, and that cloud of glory is the very presence through which Jesus Christ has been speaking to us by the science of the word, by the transfer of the word of the Lord through the Elohim, through the messengers, through this century. This is the second coming of Christ, and some eyes have beheld him. Many eyes have seen him standing upon our platforms from coast to coast and around the world, and some have only heard him speak, and some have felt the radiation of light. More and more people are witnessing unto the coming of the ascended masters because more and more people are getting the Holy Spirit through the violet flame. And so the witness does increase throughout the land and throughout the earth. As the witness increases, the stepping down of Jesus' vibration becomes more and more imminent so that his presence is more deeply felt and actually becomes more physical and more tangible. So the more you have the witness of the Holy Spirit, the more you have souls of light acclaiming his presence, the more this draws down his energy to denser and denser levels, so that ultimately, when thousands upon thousands acknowledge the emanation of the word, there will be a greater revelation of Jesus, and I am not here to deny that he will come physically once again in his ascended master light body, because I believe in his second coming fully in all planes of consciousness. I cannot tell you when and where, but I know that it is required that earth itself rise to meet the Lord Christ in the air. And we speak of the rapture of the saints being drawn up into this force field of light. It means that their consciousness must be accelerated to perceive him. And when we return after a short break, we'll hear more from this remarkable lecture. Please stay with us. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Okay, question. How important is raising our consciousness to perceive the Christ? It is everything. Here's more. A hundred thousand people saw the miracle of Fatima. They saw the great causal body of Mother Mary begin to spin as the great sun and plummet to the earth. They saw all of this take place, and yet it was denied in the media. It was not published in the newspapers. And so we find that whereas a hundred thousand could perceive the second coming of Christ in the Virgin Mary, so all of the planetary body did not bear witness. They were all not at that point in time and space. And those who denied his coming did not transfer it through the media. We find nevertheless that that coming marked a new level of descent, a new manifestation of energy. We are told that only the children saw Mother Mary. We are told that only one of the children actually heard her and conversed with her. The others, one of them heard, one did not hear. We see then that in later years, the coming of Mother Mary at the Coptic Church in Egypt was accompanied by the full manifestation of her light body, which was photographed over that church. We went to that church. We interviewed people who had seen her. We've seen the photographs. Thousands upon thousands of people over a period of many months made the pilgrimage to behold her coming at that church. And she would appear with doves and simply manifest her presence and show forth her light. So the visual seeing of Mother Mary was at hand. This went on for months and months, and yet again, it has been denied, denied by the media, and it has been played down. The most important event of the 20th century, the second coming of the Virgin Mary in that light body. And there was a parking lot across the street from the church, and the Egyptian government charged admission for people to stand in the parking lot. Whereas the churches are accused of mishandling funds and raking in the money, it is those of the carnal mind who do not concern themselves with the witness of the coming of God, but are more concerned with the profit motive. Well, here we have the second coming of the Lord Christ, and we bear testimony and witness of that word by the confirmation of the heart. One of these interviewers who interviewed me on Palm Sunday said to me, why do you expect your followers to believe what you are saying simply because you are saying it? Once again, the challenge of the authority. I said, I do not expect anyone to believe what I say because I say it. I expect them to go within the heart and find the confirmation of truth. Well, she could not understand this because she had never confirmed truth within herself. And so it is the presence of the threefold flame within us. It is the witness whereby we either confirm or deny that which is spoken. And this is a very necessary process. I remember well the very first hours that I picked up 
a series of pearls of wisdom by Jesus and Kuthumi, the beloved St. Francis, entitled the Corona Class Lessons. These were given to me by our beloved Mark when I came to Washington for the first time to attend an Ascended Master Conference, the Freedom Class of 1961. I took these pearls of wisdom and I devoured them. I read them word by word. They weren't particularly well typed or well edited. They weren't well punctuated, but the light of God came through that message and that energy was immense. It descended upon me as the Holy Ghost and I was in the very midst of the second coming of the Lord Christ. I knew this was the mystery and the long lost teaching and I read and read and read far into the night devouring this little book. And so it was the confirmation of my own heart, not the piece of paper, not the type on the paper, not the man who stood before me proclaiming himself to be a messenger. As I went through that first conference with Mark and I saw him give the dictations of light one after the other under tremendous duress and the burden of his physical body and fatigue and his responsibilities, I was astounded at the manifestation of this immense power. And I knew with the utter conviction of my soul, as I knew that man, that he, in his physical body, he, in the limitations of his mind, could not possibly have contrived or given those dictations. I felt the power descend upon my chakras. I knew that Almighty God was transferring his light through his emissaries, the ascended masters. I gave witness. I did not believe because someone had set himself up as a representative of God. And I believe that this is why you are here, why we are all here. And if we are not here for that reason, we may be here by faith because we have enough inkling of the light of truth and the afflatus of the Holy Spirit that we are willing to wait and tarry for the confirmation of our faith through wisdom. Faith becomes hope, hope becomes charity, and the fullness of love gives to us that witness. We have a right to follow God by faith, faith in the Almighty One and His continuing appearance. And we know that that faith is the substance of things hoped for. That faith will become the evidence of things not seen. And this is the very nature of the binding of the soul to God, that to come into unity with God, we first walk by faith. And so on Palm Sunday, when the multitudes cried out for joy in receiving Jesus, the Sadducees and Pharisees demanded, by what authority do you speak? In the second coming of Christ, in the bringing forth of the message and the teaching of the victory in the holy city, in the matter plain, we find that we are called and demanded to give an accounting. By what authority do you give forth this teaching? By what authority do you speak the word of God? I would like you to remember Jesus' answer because Jesus was not about to be cornered by the questioning of the Sadducees and Pharisees. He never had been before. He always confounded them in their death vibration of their questioning. And what he said was this, I will ask you a question. By what authority was the baptism of John? Was it by heaven or was it by man? And so they proceeded to wonder among themselves and to say, if we say it was by heaven, then he will say, then why did you not believe his word? And if we say it is by man, then the multitudes will become angry because all of them have accepted John the Baptist as a true prophet.
And so they were cornered and confounded, and they said, We cannot tell thee. They wouldn't tell Jesus whether the baptism of John was by heaven or by man, because they too were not going to be cornered by the question of God. And so Jesus said, Well, I cannot tell you either by what authority I speak. And that was the end of the matter. <laughs> it is not necessary for me to have to explain the authority by which I speak, nor is it necessary for you to explain the authority by which you speak the truth, because the truth itself is its own authority. And there is no authority beyond truth. As you give the witness of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit within you, that is your authority. The word itself is the authority. The word itself, the spoken word, is the sword. Let it fall upon the light and upon the dark, upon the just and the unjust. Do we challenge the sun and say, by what authority do you shine? The sun is shining then upon the just and the unjust, and our sun within our heart is shining. And in this nation, in the United States, we have the right of religious freedom, which gives us the right to speak the word of God. And it gives us the right to defend all others who also speak that word of God. This is the intimidation the intimidation of the fallen ones. You have no right to say what you are saying because you do not have your degrees from our schools. You have not been ordained in our churches. You have not been acknowledged by us as speaking with the authority of our councils. Therefore, we denounce you and we denounce your word. Well, as God told St. Germain when he was embodied as the prophet Samuel, they have not denied you, they have denied me. And so that selflessness, that transparency of light is our defense. We know that when we speak the truth, we are in the truth, we are of the truth. That truth is the word of God, and we can only say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Jesus said that he would not come and sup with them again. He would not come and be with us again until the hour when he was weeping over Jerusalem and Jerusalem had denied him. He said he would not come again until they would say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And so Jesus is declaring the condition of his second coming. He is saying, you have rejected me in my person, in my flesh, while I was present with you, preaching in your synagogues. I was the manifest Christ. You denied my presence, and therefore you will not see me henceforth, except when you will say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Who comes in the name of the Lord? The disciples of Christ, the messenger of the ascended masters, and every Christian who goes from door to door preaching the word all coming in the name of the Lord, some having a greater and some having a lesser understanding. Because they have denied Jesus Christ in person, now the karma becomes, you will not see him in person, you will have to accept his representative. You will have to receive him through the messenger or through the devout Christians who have the Holy Ghost and who give forth the word of God. So then we see that when we deny God directly, we must now pass through our initiations to see that God expressed as the Christ in every child, in every soul, in every son and daughter of God. 
So the establishment of our authority. By what authority do you speak? Jesus said that he bore witness of himself, that the Father bore witness of him, and these were the two witnesses in whom should be established his authenticity. It is amazing that he did not look to men to establish his authority, but he looked to the witness of the Holy Ghost in his closest disciples. He did not wait for the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Sanhedrin or the powers of Rome to acknowledge him. He did not need that acknowledgement because truth was the witness. Truth is its own defense. This is all a part of the second coming of Christ because you see it is the great revelation of Jesus Christ unto us that his second coming is through each and every one of us as we become the Christ. It was very interesting as I sat at luncheon with General Achampong, the head of state of Ghana, and I said to him, what do you think the second coming of Christ is? And he said, I believe the second coming of Christ is not in clouds of glory because he said, who is going to see him? Will he come in Ghana? Will he come in the United States? Will he come in Canada? How will all the world see him if he comes in a specific place? He said, I believe that the second coming of Christ is when the hearts of the people receive him and when he dwells within them and when they understand themselves to be sons and daughters of God and when the fullness of that light is dwelling bodily within them. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen, brothers and sisters. <laughs> wow. Well, we've got to take a short break, but we'll be back to wrap things up in just a moment. Please stay with us. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us through this show today. We're talking about the second coming of the Christ as a reality, not as something impending, coming soon, coming later, but happening, and it's in fact happened already. The second coming of the Christ is within your heart. It is up to you to raise your consciousness consciousness to the level where you can perceive the Christ in yourself and in others. So, you know, one of the things that was kind of one of my takeaways, very interesting comment I'd not heard before was, if you've not seen or witnessed the first coming, you can't see the second. 
It's very true. <clears throat> it's very, very true. Again, what I said before, you know, you can only behold what you've become. Right. It's one of the great, uh, you know, foundations of spirit of a spiritual path. So, yeah, it's true. And I think even if even if souls were not with Jesus when he came 2000 years ago, I think recognizing, you know, the hope of what he is, who he is, his mission, recognizing the truth and the understanding of the path that the brotherhood releases, I think makes a huge difference to allow people to connect and really recognize him and start their own journey toward Christhood. Well, uh, Mrs. Prophet said that truth is its own authority. That is by that witness, our witness to the truth is what makes whatever it is that we're experiencing real. Not what somebody else says, not what somebody else feels, not what somebody else believes, but we can confirm the truth, the truth of the word within our own hearts. That's yeah, that, where confirmation That's is. very powerful. Oh. Uh, as a matter of fact, in preparation for this program today, I already had heard that and I was relaying that to some friends of mine. Truth is its own authority. That's powerful. Oh. Well, remember, <clears throat> you shall know the truth and the truth shall set, set you, you free. free. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's something we all learned when we were you know, growing up. The, the power of this, of speaking the truth with kindness, with love, you know, with compassion. I think we have so many great testimonials. You know, Mother refers many times, you know, to the many wonderful people in this world, you know, who have the Holy Spirit and who have walked this path and demonstrated this regardless of the title of their faith. Yes. And so we, we know that there's great hope. And I think that's the one thing that, you know, between hope and faith that everyone out there who finds the teachings for the first time, regardless of where you are in your life, regardless of the burdens of your karma and so on and so forth, can have their victory. You can have a turnaround in your life where you can find God. You simply just have to try. I think that's the great, you know, the great lesson. By doing and by giving and by serving, you can find Christ. You know, one of the interesting aspects of that journey is when we talk about finding, traveling, seeking there's always a subtle sense of distance. And this is, in fact, the journey without distance. Finding the Christ is not a matter of going anywhere except within. So that we, we, we have a sense, I think, sometimes of this is out there somewhere. It's far away. We can't quite touch it yet. It's, it's coming into view. It's coming into focus. But somehow or other, it's not in us. This is the shift in consciousness, which I think is so vital to recognize and remember that it is, the active verb is, it is the I am is now, not later, not tomorrow, not some other time, now. You, you said something earlier that made me think of the phrase, now playing in a theater near you. <laughs> <laughs> now that's, playing in your heart in this moment in time. That's right. the light of Christ. It's here now. Well, I, you know, I think I think this is the great burden of, of orthodoxy today that has created this, you know, this, in essence, this overlay of people, you know, first of all, you know, being receptive to this understanding, but then actually recognizing that they actually can go forward, they have a right to go forward, that God has actually ordained this of their souls, and, you know, to get, to begin the process to get started. So, no matter where you are, no matter who you are that, that hears this program, you know, once you begin to understand these principles and you begin to see the change in your own heart, which I can guarantee you, you will if you apply these, you know, then it becomes your moment to witness, yeah. to be able to share. And this is this is what Aquarius was all about. This is the reason the Ascended Masters came. This is why, you know, whatever we can internalize in our own life and then turn around and give back to life is so critical for the victory of this planet and this path. Uh, couldn't have said it better. You know, there's another point, and of course, I'm looking at the clock now thinking this might not be a good time to open this particular Pandora's box, but really to understand the second coming of the Christ is in part to understand the nature of karma and reincarnation. 
And we've got radio programs that have that title. So, you know, people can go back to that. We've got everything's archived. Well, I think that in this moment right now is understanding that becoming the Christ in part is the journey through our karma. Yeah. Also understanding that we don't have only one life to live, but in fact, we've had a, a parade of lives where we've been accumulating, acquiring, transmuting karma. But really, this is not a one-off deal. Let me let me just add something here, Tom, which I think is helpful. You know, as 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 people begin to to, you know, learn about this path and understand this path, it comes down really to the to the internal work you do personally, and and we've had a number of shows fairly recently about the opening of the heart, and the masters have talked to us about developing the heart, developing the concept of love, caring for oneself so you can care for others, and so on. I think the great lesson that I've taken from reading these these you know, lectures again and listening to some of Jesus' dictations that are regarding this is the fact that <clears throat> by by understanding forgiveness, by being careful and loving and kind to yourself, by recognizing that, you know, for, condemnation is not a part of God, that you can walk this journey, you can gently, carefully, you know, step by step, peel back the overlays and the things that have kept you from really loving and knowing God, and you can find your way. And I think that's a, that's the great hope of this message today, that's the great hope, you know, that, that that each one of us can have. That can link us to the faith and give us the, you know, the will and the determination, you know, to keep going. And remember, I've said this on every single show I think I've ever been on. You know, Jesus said, "He that endureth to the end will I grant him the kingdom of heaven." And it's such a simple understanding that if you continue to not give up, continue to surrender unto God's light, continue to find ways to love and to give. That these these overlays and these these things that have burdened your soul can be peeled away, and that God can reach you, that you can reach the heart of Christ, you can reach the heart of the saints, and know what is the true, you know, true mission for your soul. Well, indeed, and now that you know who you truly are, what do you do? What's your next step? You embody this reality. You embody this consciousness. You continue to expand it, and become more and more and more of it. It's not a it's not a process with an end. It's a process with a beginning. This is how you achieve and sustain immortality. And and there's a power in in knowing that you're God. There's a you know yes you you are a God. Accountability there. Yeah yeah. There's a real power with that. And when people take that authority and that power into their hands, they can change the world. You know, it's like Evan Almighty. We just saw that movie the other night. You know, <laughs> you know one guy is going to change the world. It's a great movie. But anyway. <laughs> One man can do amazing yeah. things. You can hold the balance for a, for a city, for a, a, a whole country. community, a country. Well, you know, remember the lives of the saints, and they're in every faith and every religion who made a difference and who changed the world. And so the world is looking for that. They're looking for that in politics. They're looking for that in, you know, in society. They're looking for those who will carry that flame. And so um, be the person that carries that flame. Well, thank you, David, for being with us today. This is, It's always a wonderful experience it just flows the hour goes by in the sense of minutes <laughs> so thank you again for being part of this mandala and we're also grateful to you out there listening for being part of the mandala as well i'm totally grateful for the fact that you have made up this part of this network of light you're not here by accident there's a purpose behind your presence yeah you give us a reason for being you know oh, that's no. part of our part of our reason for being here indeed and if you have some comment you'd like to make leave 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 us with how can they do that, Terry? They can reach us at webradio at tsl.org. Web ra- <laughs> the radio voice. Webradio <laughs> at tsl.org. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. That's quite all right, Pipes. I like it. <laughs> well, you know, to, as we always close the show, this is really 
the truth of it is that although the upward path is occasionally now and then every so often difficult, the rewards are always out, out of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Until next week, be well. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.